0: Welcome to the Exodus Health Center podcast. These seminars are recorded live at the Exodus Health Center in Kennesaw, Georgia, where we believe. The God needs no help, just no interference. Tonight's workshop is part two of three in the Healing Cancer series presented by Dr. David Jockers. Now, here's Dr. David. Okay, guys, let me see a show of hands. Who was here last week? Okay, so a lot of people who's who's new, who wasn't here last week? Okay, some of you guys, so all right, awesome. So does food matter? Yeah, yeah okay. food matters, right? Absolutely. Right? Who here thinks that they were genetically designed for amazing health? Who thinks that? Yeah. All right, if you think that, stand up. I want you to turn to your partner, give him a high five, say, I was, I'm genetically designed for incredible health. All right. Woo! All right, let's get the energy out. <laughs> there we go. Good. So we're getting into this a little bit. Got to wake you guys up a little bit. All right, we're going to go through some heavy, some heavy material today, OK? We're going to go through some heavy material today, but it's all going to be fun, and uh, we're going to make sure we make it lively, okay? So healing cancer naturally, and so just a little quick review of some of the things we talked about last week, we really touched on what our culture's mentality is. Do you think that there's a big difference in the philosophy of the medical model and the philosophy of the naturalistic, maximized living model? Is there a big difference there? Yeah, there is, right? And thats it's really the difference in the philosophy that dictates the course of action, right? Because in our culture, this is what we're taught. The medical model is the mainstream model. So this is what we see on commercials. This is what our media just, just bombards us with. This is what most people walk around their lives, even though they may not want to be on medications and get surgeries. This is what they're they're, they're being programmed with. And this is so by default. This is what they're living their life by, right? And they—and what we're told is that our internal health is predetermined, right? Now we just said that we were genetically designed for great health, right? But what we're told is differently—that our health is determined by our genetics. So who here has—who uh, here has ever had anybody in their family have cancer? So a bunch of you guys, right? So me—I've lost three grandparents to cancer. I talked to you guys about that last week, right? So based on that. Then obviously, you know, you, based on that that uh, mindset, you know what your program for cancer? Who who here, who here has had anybody in their family with heart disease? Yeah, most of us, right? And so absolutely. So cancer and heart disease. If we really thought about it, our genes. When our genes aren't acting the way that they should, right? When they're getting the wrong messages, we're all. I mean, we're going to get one of these diseases, right? And so uh, a mentor of mine, a guy I've learned a lot from he actually uses this term he says there's no such thing as pathology right pathology means study a disease he says no such thing he calls it adaptive physiology right because the body's always going to do the best it can in the environment that it's in it's always going to do that right and so pathology is just the body trying to adapt to a, a an environment that it was never really necessarily supposed to be in right so but this is our culture health is determined by our genetics The amount and type of viruses, bacteria that we're exposed to, right? So if we were to to look up at this group right here under a microscope, okay? We were just to look around, right? We're all being just covered with bacteria, just massive amounts of bacteria all around us, viruses, right? The same bacteria. Who's heard of strep before, right? All you guys, how about uh, staph, right? Staph infections, right? How about E. coli, okay? Guess what? You all have it in your body right now. You know that, right? I have it in my body. You guys all have it in your body too. So then why don't you have an E. coli infection? Yeah, because your body's keeping it in check, right? So your body's keeping it in check. It's not out of balance. So it's about that balance. That's the key there, right? But in this model, what we're told is if we're around those bugs, right, then our our, our solution is gonna be vaccines, medical tests, drugs, and surgery, right? And so. That's the model, and look, look how it's working right here. This is an article right here. April 2009, so a year ago, right, this is what they said. They said the number of new cancer diagnoses each year in the US will increase by 45%, mm-hmm. right? So cancer's on the rise. Who here reads like Forbes magazine or Business Week or any of those things? Anybody here? Jamal, you read that stuff from time to time? If you look in there, okay, there's always, they have a health section. Right? And in the health section, they're talking about businesses involved in health. Okay? You go into those articles, almost every single edition will have, we'll have different, different articles about um, drug companies, right? like Merck, Glasgow, Smith & Klein, right? all these different companies. Right? And they're talking about investing in cancer drugs. Right? Cancer drugs and vaccines are the biggest industry now. They make more money off of those drugs than anything else. Right? And so we're getting sicker and sicker But the reality is that the income level, they're they're actually banking on on, uh, these drugs. In fact, there was an article that said, this is uh, maybe a year and a half ago, it said Pfizer is counting on cancer, right? Because a lot of their their classic drugs, like Lipitor and stuff like that have lost their patents, so they're being replaced with uh, generic drugs. So what they're actually looking to is cancer drugs to save their industry, right? Save their business and keep their stock prices up. This is what's going on. So, good news is, right, you don't have to be afraid of cancer anymore, right, because like we talked about last week, I mean, cancer is a power word, isn't it, okay. right, everybody agree, I mean, it's a power word, you get diagnosed with cancer, right, your jaw drops, right, you t- I mean, you tell people that you know, what do they tell you? I'm sorry, that's what they say, right, I'm sorry, right, people are sorry for you, you have cancer, right, we raise money for you, things like that, I mean, this is what happens, right, right. And so I love this quote right here. Nothing in the world is to be feared, only understood, right? Imagine you live your life like that, okay? Right? It's kind of what the Bible tells us, right? Not to fear, just to look into it, really understand it from, from a holistic perspective. Look at this quote. The philosophies of one age have become the absurdities of the next, and the foolishness of yesterday has become the wisdom of tomorrow, right? That's powerful, isn't it? And yeah. the Bible it's uh, 1 Corinthians, right, 127, it says, it's the simple things that confound the wise, right? Yeah. And so we've got all these top guys, extremely well-educated people, PhDs, all these top experts. They're constantly looking for a way to manipulate nature to get a desired result, right? And and they'll find multiple ways, right? They'll come up with synthetic drugs, with surgeries, with different procedures that manipulate God's creation I manipulate nature to get a desired result. Sometimes those things are, are amazing, right? Occasional situations, bypass surgeries, right? When it's an absolute necessity, um, miracle, right? Unbelievable. And there's nothing wrong with, with investing some of our energy into looking for those things. But the reality is, man gets a little bit overconfident, doesn't he? Right? Who's ever read the story of the Tower of Babel, right? Man gets a little bit overconfident, doesn't he? And so he thinks he can outdo God, and guess what happens, right? He creates more of a mess, doesn't he? Absolutely. It's the simple things that confound the wise. Health is not that complicated, right? It really isn't, ultimately. But we just make it all complicated because we keep getting in the way, right? We keep interfering with what God created, with His natural design. So we got to go back to that. What we know is that our body is self-healing. That we're that we are created for incredible health, right? Harvard says it. The Bible says it, right? That we are created for amazing, incredible health. Right, but our genes do have a disease switch. We all have that switch, right? It's like a loaded gun, right? In order to fire a loaded gun, what do you have to do? Pull the trigger, Pull the trigger right? That's what you do when you provide a toxic or deficient environment, right? Well, that's not how we were created. In fact, all these other cultures, right? Like these four cultures right here: the Abcasians, the Vilcabambas in uh, Ecuador. The Abkhazians are in uh, south um, southwestern Russia. Uh, the Hunzins in India. The Okinawans. So those cultures, they didn't have, they don't have the typical diseases that we have in our society, right? They don't have these lifestyle diseases, right? They really don't. And so like this guy right here, I was telling you guys, I think he's like 116 years old, okay? And he's like the happiest man alive. He's just kind of walking about, right? No cane, no wheelchairs, right? All these guys right here, I mean, these guys, all this whole group, they're all over 100, right? No canes, no wheelchairs, no medications. These guys are doing terrific, okay. right? Who'd like to be over 100 living like that. Raise your hand, right, absolutely. So I want you guys to stand up, look at your partner and say, I'm going for 100 healthy and strong. Give him a high five, I wanna hear you guys, nice and loud. There you go, there you go Jamal. Healthy and strong, baby, all right. Good, get some life in here, all right, there we go. Okay, if anybody falls asleep, man, I'm getting everybody up. So, Okay, so cellular healing. So our bodies, uh, we are cells, that we are created from cells. We talked about this last week, just a little review, that we're literally 75 to 100 cells that we're constantly regenerating new cells, right? So that you, so that, Gail, that you have, your heart has 75 billion cells in it, yet seven months from now, you have an entirely new heart. That's awesome, isn't it, right? Mm-hmm. That every single one of those cells is being regenerated. We just got to make sure that we're building normal cells instead of abnormal cells, Right? That it's getting exactly the message it needs to turn over good, healthy cells on a regular basis. And so, the cause of disease, it's when we get in the way, right? And when we get in the way, this is how it happens with either toxicity, right? So, too much of what God didn't intend for us, or too little deficiency of what God intended for us, right? When we look at this homeostasis, right? Who's heard of that term before, right? So, we're looking at a cell or any kind of biology. That's the focal point, right? Is homeostasis. All physiology, it's all about one thing. It's about this, homeostasis, or if you're to think of us as, as a dynamic organism, we call it homeodynamic equilibrium, right? So balance, right, a constant balance. That's what we're constantly looking for. Deficiency, right, if you, if you have too little of something that you need, toxicity, if you have too much. So does this make sense to you guys? A disease would be more toxins coming in less going out, right? Health, less toxins going in, right? More going out. And so, because what do we typically define our health as in our society? What do we? How do you know if you're healthy or not? How you feel. Thank you, Becky. So Becky said how, how you feel, because that's what we do typically, right? So we typically think, well, I feel good, so I'm healthy. And we misuse that term health constantly in our society. I know for me, I misuse it too. I've got to constantly be aware of it because health is not feeling good, because is it possible to have a mass, to have a three centimeter tumor growing in your body and feel great? Yeah, yeah that is. There's people all around our community right now with breast cancer, colon cancer, prostate cancer, you name cancer, growing in their body, right? And how do you, th- how do you think they feel right now? Well. They feel great, right? And they're gonna wait until they get a diagnosis or have major symptoms before they do anything about it, right? So we can't base it on how we feel. So This is what we look at right here. First off is homeostasis, homeodynamic equilibrium, and really thinking about how our body heals, right? And when we're healing and we're regenerating those cells at 100%, that's when we're healthy. That's what true health is. And health is not a static point. This is a really key point that everybody needs to understand. You're not. It's not like you're healthy, right, and that's it. You're either building health with every single decision you make, or you're building disease, right? So when we choose to focus on thoughts of fear, right, of lack, of uh, stress, you know, high stress, things like that, are we building health or disease? Disease, right? When we start thinking about thoughts of joy, of love, of servitude, right? Are we are we building health or disease? Health, health. that's right. When we eat healthy foods, right, foods that nourish our body, are we building health or disease? health. When we go out, you know, and we're eating processed foods, are we building health or disease? Disease, Disease, right? So every single decision we make, we're either building health or disease. Obviously, the goal is have a whole lot more decisions building health than disease, right? So let's look at this. So impossible to be 100% healthy by supplying cells with only some of the requirements or eliminating only some of the toxins, right? This is why a lot of programs don't work because they'll focus only on one thing, right? Only on nutrition, right? Only on, you know, whatever it is, right? And so they only focus on detox maybe or whatever. And we've got to focus really on everything that our body needs. And so when we're looking at the ingredients for a healthy cell, I'm going to go through these real quick. Nutrients are definitely a key aspect, right? So we definitely have to cover that. Oxygen, right? Water, sunlight. Who got out in the sun this weekend? Okay, great. Give yourself a round of applause. All right. So you just did a huge step in fighting cancer, getting out in that sunshine. What vitamin do we get from the sun? D. D, That's right. One of the most powerful cancer fighters. Detox, proper pH, and then nerve impulse. So these are our eight keys right here. Right here, we have to be pure and sufficient in these eight areas. And so let's go ahead. So I covered two of these yesterday afternoon because I took a nap in the sunshine right with water next to me and I was breathing and I ate before that (laughs) so there we go so oxidation process okay who's heard of oxidation and antioxidants raise your hand if you've heard of that okay good so a lot of you guys know a little bit about this okay so here this is a cast iron um cookware right so cast iron big bowl who has cast iron by the way okay not a real bad thing to use but I, I don't really necessarily recommend it there are some other better things but cast iron so if it gets oxidized right what develops rust Rust, that's right so rust actually uh, starts to break into this so this is how this works so right here so with this oxidation right this molecule right here okay so it has got two electrons two extra electrons right and it gives those up to another molecule right and that's when it's oxidized when it loses those electrons it's oxidized, okay? When a molecule gains elect- electrons, it's reduced. And so that's a really, really key term. We're gonna kind of go into this. So when you, you leave an apple out, right? So you cut an apple, okay, you leave it out, what happens to it? it? Gets brown, right? So there's chemical reactions there, and it gets brown. Now, if you were to squeeze lemon on it, so lemon has a certain vitamin that it's really high in. What is that? Yeah. Vitamin C, that's right, so vitamin C so you squeeze some lemon on there, okay? What happens to the apple? Stays. It stays good, right? It stays good because you've got antioxidants that are preventing that oxidation cycle. Does that make sense? You guys see how that works? Right, absolutely. So you're preventing that chemical reaction, so that's not gonna happen. So I know this is kind of a complicated slide right here, okay, but here we go. We've got electrons right here. We've sort of free radicals before, okay? Free radicals. Are, do you want tons and tons of free radicals in your body? No, it's not that good, right? You want lots of antioxidants. Now, you need free radicals, so they're necessary, and we all produce them through metabolism. They're necessary for our body to adapt to, for different processes to take place, but ultimately, we don't want a whole lot of them. We want lots and lots of antioxidants. So free radicals, they're starving for an electron, okay? So they're starving for what? An electron. That's right. So a little chemistry class for you guys. You guys didn't know this was coming, all right? So antioxidants... They're, uh, they're their universal donors, so, right? So they're like um, a wealthy man who's very generous with his money, right? He just gives to the poor. Free radicals are, are starving. They're the beggars. They want it. It's the antioxidants they actually give to them, right? So, oh, you want an electron? Here you go. Take an electron, right? Calms that free radical down. This helps stabilize and neutralize it, okay? Now, when we're looking at cancer cell formation, We've got all kinds of things that cause genetic mutation, right? All kinds of things that cause massive amounts of free radicals, right? Like different radiation and smoke and our diet, things like that. Now, when we have an environment that is high in oxidants and free radicals, okay, it increases cell division. So cells constantly divide, right? Who's taken like a biology class ever before in their life, okay? So flashback, right? Some of you guys, maybe it's not that long ago. Some of you guys might be a really long time ago, right? So you flash back. So cells divide, right? So one cell. It's amazing when we really think about our body because we started with literally one cell, right? A father and mother cell, right? And then what happens? You know, now we're 75 to 100 trillion cells, right? And so it's unbelievable, that process. All we want to do, right? What I do, what I practice as a scientist and as a practitioner is helping to glorify that process, helping to glorify it and magnify it and help, help God really work what he wants to work in our lives. And so when we're looking at this, we have to understand this. Oxidants and free radicals create an environment that increases cell division, okay? Antioxidants decrease cell division. Now there's some different theories on longevity. One of those theories has to do with a cell has only so many times that it can divide, right? And so um, that is a theory. And when cells start to divide at a really, really fast rate, okay, so this is what happens. When we have low levels of oxidation in our body, right, so low levels, but we also have low antioxidants, cells divide quickly, okay? It's a prime environment for cells to divide quickly. And cells that divide quickly to, will, will turn, uh, typically if they're divided, dividing too quickly, they will turn cancerous on us, okay? If we provide excessive amounts of oxidation and free radicals, it signals to the cells to destroy themselves okay so when we go so low levels of oxidants they're dividing quickly when we provide high levels of oxidants the cells destroy themselves that's why like chemotherapy for example or radiation right treatment works because it will destroy cancer right it destroys a lot of other things but it will destroy cancer because it provides massive amounts of oxidants and free radicals so the cells themselves will start to destroy themselves because they have too they're dividing too fast When we provide an environment that's loaded with antioxidants, that decreases cell division. That's important because when we decrease cell division, the cells divide more effectively, and that's really key. Um, Let's look at how this works. So loss of normal cell growth. So right here, we've got normal cell division. So cells are dividing. Somewhere along the line, we get cell damage. I know this is kind of blurry. It's the best picture I can find. Um, Cell damage, no repair, right? So cells damaged, no repair. In a good environment, it destroys itself, right? So a cell will actually destroy itself. The immune system sometimes will target it and destroy it, but oftentimes the signal tells it to destroy itself. Now what happens when it doesn't get, so now if you have mutations that then go ahead and replicate, now they start to get even more out of control, okay? So these cells now are even more out of control, more out of control, they become further mutated. By the end, by, by typically by the fifth or sixth division, they are so far gone from the original cell, they can't they can't do any of the the typical functions. So let's say let's say it was a liver cell, right? So liver cells got to detox, got to store sugar, got to provide energy, things like that. So that liver cell knows exactly the brain sending the signal down to the liver, right through the spinal cord, and the nerve system, telling it exactly how to divide, exactly how to produce its its normal functions, right? Exactly what the body needs from it at that moment. Now what happens is if that message, for some reason, gets scrambled, right? Or we're in a low oxi- we're in a, a, a low antioxidant um, environment that's also providing oxidative oxidative stress. Then what happens is, boom, it starts replicating abnormally, mutated, right? And it starts muta- it starts to do that and continue to go out of control, okay? And when it's not kept in check, all of a sudden you get a very fast, very very quick dividing organism. That's far different from, from what our body was designed to be, right? It's almost—I was reading a book this weekend. They were talking about it's almost a different species. A metastatic tumor is almost a different species in your body, that, it, that the message has been completely cut off from what, from what the brain's really trying to get out to it. Okay, and so you can see the other big thing, and, and really, when we think about it, cancer cells are really selfish cells. And so I was reading this book, and I was really thinking about it, and uh, you know, it just makes absolute sense, right? So when as, as human beings, as people, when we act selfishly, right, and we're doing selfish things, right, um, that could possibly, you know, that, that we're only thinking about ourselves rather than the good of the whole, okay, we kind of detach from God's master plan for our lives, right? We detach from that, and we actually start to start to, start to move in a way he doesn't necessarily want us to move, right? It's the same thing inside of our body, that when we have cells that are actually doing what they wanna do, rather than listening to the master control center, the master commands, they start to do the same thing. Over time, they create massive problems in our body. When we have a, a large enough group of people that are, that are doing evil things and selfish things, manipulating people and things like that, causes big time problems in our society. A lot of times we go to war, we go to conflict, things like that. This is what happens inside our bodies, it's the same thing. Most cells, a good healthy cell, that's functioning and is listening to the message from the brain will give up its life for the good of the whole, right? Every single time, it'll give up its life, it'll surrender its life for the good of the body. The cancer cell is not listening to that message. They actually wanna manipulate the body, get more resources from the body than they really should be taking in order to survive and thrive, okay? And so we look at this, they grow right next to blood vessels, right? So you start getting a group of, of uh, mutated cells they start to grow stronger, and then they start to, to attach to blood vessels so they can grab all the sugar right out of the blood vessels. By the way, what's the preferred fuel for cancer cells? Sugar. sugar, that's right. They are anaerobic. Okay. So who's heard of aerobic and anaerobic before? Aerobic means with oxygen. Anaerobic means without. Cancer cells, they produce all their energy without oxygen. Right. So they take sugar, <laughs> and they can produce energy through that. Right. So if you really want to get cancer quickly, what do you eat a lot of sugar? Sugar, Absolutely. You prefer fuel for it. So let's look at this cancer cell growth right here. So you've got these small abnormal cells that are starting to develop. Right. Then they migrate right to the blood source. Right. Right. To the nutrient source. Because, again, they're selfish cells. Right. They want to get all the nutrients. They want to thrive. Right. They're competing with all the other cells. Right. And it's almost like they're competing and they want to win in a sense, right? Ultimately, everybody loses if, if they do. And so they go right to the blood vessel, right? They attach right around the blood vessel. Okay, and look at this. Then they'll even, they'll even secrete different molecules that will cause the blood vessel to arborize or to build new branches that then supply other aspects as the tumor grows larger and larger, right? So this is an evil force in a sense, developing within our bodies and just growing out of control. Now, let's look at this right here, a P53 gene. So this plays a very, very critical role in what we're doing here. So this gene is is the guardian of the genome because it signals a cell to repair DNA damage when that occurs. So it's really a protein. It's a protein within every single cell that actually signals for the cell to either kill itself, right? or to repair the DNA. So it's the one that says, there's something wrong going on here, right? Let's get back to where we should be, or we're too far gone, let's kill ourselves. This is what the the researchers said when they were really looking into this. In fact, this was the largest study, one that I looked at with breast cancer in a p53 gene. They said, we've got to figure out the genetic or environmental risk factors that lead to damage of that gene, right, of that protein. And if we can do that, then we can prevent cancers from really developing. So we look at this pathway, this kind of how it works. So we get carcinogens, right? So number of different carcinogens the foods that we're eating by right? different rays, things like that, different toxicity issues. We develop this P50, you know, P53 gene is triggered, okay? Now it will do a couple different things. It could signal DNA repair, right? So it could say, okay, let's catch it now Let's make sure that we don't mutate out of control. Let's repair the DNA. It could kill itself, which is apoptosis, so destroy itself, or it could stop the cycle. So if you guys remember again, back to biology class, the cells go through different stages as they're replicating. Okay, and so it will stop the cycle, slow it down. Remember, when you slow down the vision, that allows your body to really kind of fine-tune the process, right? And so that's key. If it does that. It's able to, any of those three, so any of those three responses, that's what maintains the integrity of that DNA. So that same blueprint is now able to replicate, okay? If it does any of those three. The problem is, if, that, if we develop a mutant P53, if somehow that P53 gene is mutated, then there's no more guardian of that genome. And this is what happens typically with cancer patients. They get a mute, they get a, a mutated p fifty three gene, and it gets damaged, right? And now there's nothing there to really signal it, okay? Really tell it what's going on. And so, phenyl isothiocyanate. This is something that the scientists, same scientists that did a study, they were looking into this as well. It's a natural comp- compound found in cruciferous vegetables like watercress, broccoli, and cabbage. Okay, who's had any? Who had any cruciferous vegetables this weekend? Awesome, right? Awesome. What'd you have, Brian? What'd you have? Broccoli. Awesome. Who had broccoli this weekend? Yeah, broccoli. We all know that's a superfood, right? Who had cabbage this weekend? All right. Another good one. Who had bok choy? Anybody have bok choy? All right. So another great one. So kale. Kale? Anybody have kale? All right. Collards? Good. So those are our, some of our top ones, top cruciferous vegetables. we got cauliflower, watercress, all kinds of stuff. Actually, the newsletter that you guys will be getting this week Goes into detail on some of these things like phenyl isothiocyanates. And so, what, what these do, this molecule right here, works directly on that p53 gene and actually helps to reverse, like they said right here, the wild type, right? So, the, the mutant p53 gene helps to reverse that, destroy that. So, it's powerful stuff. And here's what scientists want to do, okay? So, they've demonstrated that phenyl ethyl isothiocyanate can do that, right? So as a scientist, doing nutritional research, you really, it's not really that big a field, okay? All the research funding comes from synthetic drugs, right, procedures, stuff like that, right? Because that's that's who's got all the money, right? So if they find a discovery like this, what do they want to do with that molecule? What do you think?
1: Turn synthetic.
0: Yeah, they want to figure out some synthetically derived way of making it, right? Some man-made way that they can patent. Because if they, if they just say, well, we'll just extract it from broccoli, things like that, and we'll make a supplement out of it, okay, great. Now, they can definitely make some money off of a supplement, but not nearly as much money as they can make off of having this wonder drug, right? So they make this drug, they patent it, they make, they make a, a lot more off that drug than they would ever make off the supplement, okay? Because they can patent it, and, be, and that patent uh, really weighs hugely economically, so that's what they do, that's, and that's what they're trying to do right now, is do this. And you guys are gonna learn all this stuff we're gonna go through. It's all natural stuff, but of course, cancer researchers are looking to make it you know, man-made derivatives so that they can they can get their Nobel Prize and um, they can also uh, make a lot of money off of it. So nuclear factor Kappa Beta. So this is another thing right here. Transcription protein, okay, it's a major inducer of inflammation. We know that inflammation Right is the underlying marker in every single degenerative disease, including cancer. Okay? So inflammation is key. We have to, if we're gonna control 21st century disease, we have to control inflammation. Right? So what do do we have to control? Inflammation. Inflammation. So I want everybody to stand up and say, I'm I'm ready to control inflammation and be healthy for the rest of my life. Give them a high five. Woo! All right, go ahead and sit down. I know it kind of sounds childlike when we do those kinds of things, but this is how we play big. right? We want to reinforce these things. We want to make this fun. We want to make this exciting. I don't want to just be talking to you guys. I want that interaction is key. So that's huge. So this is how we do it. This is how we modulate that nuclear factor, kappa beta. right? So this is a very important target. So we've got a, a number of different sources. So the curcumin and turmeric, who had turmeric this weekend? Yeah. Awesome. There we go. A lot of you guys in the back row all raise your hands, right? Must, must be some of my regulars, OK? So what can we do with turmeric?
1: Put it on everything.
0: Yeah, so Jamal said put it in everything, right? That's what we can do. Right? We find ways to put it in everything. It's one of the nature's absolute superfoods. It's incredible. We're going to talk about that. Still beans, such as resveratrol. Who's heard of resveratrol, right? So in grape skins, so we've heard of that, red wine, right? How red wine is, it, you know, is good, right? So there we go. The proanthocyanins in grape seeds, okay? Those things, proanthocyanins are also in blueberries. Who have blueberries this weekend? All right, awesome. Another superfood right there. Good. How about catechins, okay, such as EGCG, epigalactin, catechin, or something like that. So I don't know. I can't remember exactly what it is present in green tea. Who likes green tea in here? Okay, so green tea is good. We wanna get obviously an organic variety because green tea also can be highly sprayed. So as much as possible, we wanna get the organic variety, have it in the mornings, right? Because green tea contains what? Caffeine. Caffeine does contain some caffeine in it. So if you're gonna have green tea, you have it in the morning, right? That's the best way to have it. Okay, ursolic acid and holy basil, also, um, which is also called Tulsi. So you can get a Tulsi tea, right? Tulsi tea and rosemary. Right, who grows rosemary in their yards? Because this grows naturally, right? A lot of you guys do. Right? So rosemary is phenomenal, really good for brain function. We got some chairs over here if you, wanna, if you wanna come on over. So rosemary is great for mental function, so great for your brain. Who wants to have a sharper cognitive function, sharper brain? So there you go, you raise your hand. Definitely want some rosemary. All right. Really, really good stuff. So definitely the rosemary. So all those different things modulate that inflammation. There's a lot of other things that do, too. These are just the list that I put on there. Okay, And so nucleotide-rich foods. So when we're looking at the building blocks for healthy DNA and RNA. We also want to look at nucleotides. These are very, very critical for building and stabilizing DNA and RNA. So nucleotides, they occur in all foods, but particularly certain types. So like I said right here, sardines. Who likes sardines? Okay. All right. Who doesn't like sardines? What do we what do? We do? Eat them anyways, right?
1: <laughs>
0: sardines are great. What do we put in the sardines? What do we use? What cilantro. Cilantro, right? We could we could put turmeric in there for sure. But cilantro, why why would we want to put cilantro in there? Chelate it. That's right, excellent. Because it, it will help pull out metals out of there. Right? So it helps strip those out, chelates it. So if we're eating fish, we know that all fish has some level of toxicity. So you want to chelate it as much as possible, take that out. So that helps buffer that process. Spirulina and chlorella, who's heard of those before? Single-cell algaes, okay? You can get those in super greens powders, right? Or you can get just alone uh, spirulina, chlorella, things like that. Those are powerful sources of chlorophyll like we talked about last week, and we're going to go into more detail this week. Um, so powerful sources of chlorophyll, and they also provide B12, although it's not a really well-functioning B12, but nucleotides, so they really help build a strong body. And then beans and lentils also have it. So beans and lentils are good foods in moderation. We don't wanna like really, really load up a whole lot of beans because they're starchy carbohydrate. right? So starchy carbohydrates we really don't want. When we're fighting cancer, we want a low carbohydrate diet. right? So what kind of diet? Low carbohydrate, -carbohydrate, right? Because what feeds cancer? Sugar. Sugar, that's right. And so even when we're taking in complex carbohydrates, what do those ultimately break down to in our body? Sugar. Sugar that's right. So we got to have a low carbohydrate diet, high in good fats. So high in what? Good fats. What's a good fat? Coconut oil, right? So coconut phenomenal stuff. What else? Avocados. Avocados, right? What's another good fat? Nuts. nuts, nuts and seeds. What are our best nuts? Almonds. 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 Walnuts. Walnuts. Brazil nuts. Brazil nuts, what else, oh, uh, macadamia. macadamia, thank you Maggie, macadamia nuts, right, pecans are good too, number 22, pecans number 22 in antioxidants, so we want an antioxidant rich diet, so those are probably our top five in my opinion, we do have good seeds though too, we'll talk about the seeds, right, so we'll go into that, right, save the flaxseed, I'll, I'll call, we'll ask about that, all right, other thing is reduce toxic exposure, okay, So we got toxins everywhere. That video talked about spraying crops, right? We know that pesticides, there's a number of different pesticides that are related to different cancers, right? All kinds of different cancers. And so we uh, we absolutely have got to reduce our toxic exposure as much as possible. It's a different workshop for a different time. Who was at the toxicity workshops that we did? Some of you guys, right? It's a whole different topic, right? And I I really don't want to go into too much detail on it, but the reality is we need to find out what the toxins are, right? And there's a bunch of them. Okay? And we need to get rid of them, get deep, or at least minimize them in our body. So who's ever seen this book or heard of this, Hidden Messages in Water, right? So obviously, we need to be drinking a lot of water, right? Right? So we definitely need to do that. We need to be drinking. Our body should be at least 70% water, and that's so key. So look at this right here. This, in this book, he did these studies where he exposed water molecules to so different thoughts, different prayers, right, to... Uh, to different things like this right here, electromagnetic frequency, right? So cell phones. And what happens? You have these great water molecules, and then they're blowing up, right? And so what happens if you put water in the microwave, microwave it, and then put it in a plant? What happens to the plant? When it it dies. dies, right? So if we're 70% water, we go and we put our coffee, our tea, our, our uh, frappuccino, our frozen meal, whatever it is, in the microwave, we microwave it, take it out, and we eat it, what should we expect to happen to
1: us?
0: (sighs) Ultimately, early death, right? That's what we should be expecting, right? And so a microwave is is literally killing, kills plants, why would it not kill us, right? That's what we got to be thinking about. Microwaves are dangerous, cell phones too, right? Who here owns a cell phone? It's almost like you're crazy in our society. Nobody doesn't have a cell phone nowadays. Everybody's got a cell phone. I have a cell phone, too. It's hard. I mean, it's one of those things nowadays. You pretty much almost have to have one. But I keep mine off most of the time, guys. I keep it off. I'll turn it on, like, in the middle of the day, check my messages, right, and see what I got to do. I mean, for me, I prefer, obviously, I've got an office. I can put it on speakerphone. I try to make most of my calls off my speakerphone, right? I, I hate using my cell phone. It's more for emergencies or people need to get a hold of me. I can just check my messages, right? But I barely ever make calls off my cell phone. I barely ever have it turned on. I just listen to messages, right? And so there are magnets or things that you can put on the cell phones. I've never seen anything that's foolproof though. I mean, so it's ultimately as much as possible, we want to reduce our exposure to them. So yeah, there are magnets, things like that, that are going to help, right? Help that process. I've got a little chip on my my uh, cell phone. There's a company, uh, BioPro, right, that uh, that I work with. That they, they do all that kind of stuff. Um, but if you're interested in that, you can give me an email, or it's on a on a handout that I send out. Um, but ultimately, that's still not a foolproof plan. I have the biochip. If I'm on my cell phone for a long time, I know I just don't feel right. It just doesn't feel right, right? I just know that I'm being exposed to stuff. <laughs> I used to be on the cell phone. I used to get headaches, right, being on the cell phone. Yeah. I knew my I knew brain cells were being destroyed right? So I probably, I spend a half hour on there. I probably lost like, like 50 billion, I don't know, you name it, a billion brain cells. Uh, that's enough for me. Does it help to, um, like I usually wear a headset with mine yeah. because I don't want that. Right. But how much does that really help? It helps a little bit, but ultimately, like I said, the best rule of advice, I mean, we can't get rid of all these toxins. We got to minimize our exposure. Right. So keep that cell phone off as much as possible. Turn it on, select times. Good time management principle, by the way, too, guys. You'll save time quite a bit rather than sitting there texting and sending messages and all kinds of stuff. You actually save time. Like I, I prefer computers aren't great, but they're less than the cell phones. Cell phones are the worst. I prefer to send emails, things like that. It's my preferred way of going about it. So did you have a quick question?
1: Well, I was wondering about-
0: uh, it's the same thing you're just being exposed to that, that electromagnetic frequency so probably better because you don't necessarily have a you know as, as strong a, a, a message coming in. okay so most of you guys know this by now right don't smoke okay and so here's here's the interesting thing about it Who here was who's here for the body by God program we did at the church up the road some of you guys so I played that video back in 1949. There was – and, and it probably before then, there were commercials on TV, and it was for cigarettes, right? And it was doctor-approved cigarettes, mm-hmm. right? I don't know if some of you guys – you can actually pull this up on YouTube, and there's all these commercials, and it's the doctor-approved camel or whatever it is, the doctor-approved cigarettes. So you see all these doctors smoking those cigarettes, right? And so their, their theory – their theory for health was this, was that stress – is bad, stress causes disease, right? And they were on to something, because that's true to a degree, right? But their mindset was this. It It was, if stress causes disease, then anything that relieves stress prevents disease, right? So who here has ever smoked before, right? Some of you guys? When you smoke, right, if you're, you know, if you're addicted to it, how do you feel after you smoke? Feel better, don't you, right? If it was me, I'd probably be throwing up, but some of you guys, you feel better, right? So that's why people smoke. That's why they tell me they smoke is it relaxes them. They feel better, okay? So they said, well, that must be a good response. Well, we know is that it's not, obviously. This is a chewed-up, tarred-up lung that was that was destroyed by by smoke. And so how about this right here, aspartame? Who's heard of aspartame before, right? So this is in all kinds of stuff. So who here likes to chew gum? <laughs> yeah, so most gum... Has aspartame in it, whether you know it or not. Right? Ever, if you ever see anything that says artificial flavoring on there, mm-hmm. there's aspartame in there. Because they don't want to put this on labels because it has a bad connotation. Mm-hmm. Who knew before they came in here the aspartame was bad for them? Almost everybody, right? Mm-hmm. I mean it's not a most people in society know that it's not good. So now they're changing what they're putting on the labels so you don't know. So it'll say artificial flavorings, right? Different things. No artificial flavorings are good, right? None of them. Even things that say natural flavorings, you really have to question it, okay? You really have to question. If it's in an organic product, probably is good. If it's not, I would stay away from it. If it's not an organic, certified organic product, I'd stay away. If it says natural flavorings, you know it's something bad, okay? Something bad. So aspartame is known to cause brain cancer, breaks down into formaldehyde, right, which initiates DNA damage, right? So we talked about this, and formaldehyde is a main ingredient in what? Inbalming. What did we talk about last week?
1: Embalming.
0: Embalming fluid, but what What that we inject into our kids That's and into ourselves, Inbalming. into that vaccines, means. right? Formaldehyde is a preservative there, right? So one of the key components of vaccines, right? So we jam it into our body there. We also have it in aspartame breaks down into formaldehyde, so known poison. Aspartic acid, right? So we talked about MSG, right, and that glutamate Right, causes massive excitotoxicity. Same thing with aspartic acid. Okay, massive excitotoxicity destroys brain cells, destroys all kinds of cells. So, gums. I think there are some types that are that are better than others, right? But we want to avoid that as much as possible. Harriet, you were on the uh, store tour that we did at Whole Foods last night, right? What did we find out was not the cause of bad breath? You remember? who remembers? Here's new research, guys. Groundbreaking, okay? They found out that the cause of bad breath, it's not a Tic-Tac deficiency. Uh (laughs) I thought it was, right? But it's not. So Tic-Tac's loaded with aspartame, loaded with all kinds of of, of cytotoxins. People are always like, you know, they pop these things open. They always offer them to me. I'm like, no. I'm like, all that stuff. It's poison. Get that away from me, right? And so, uh, so we don't want that stuff. So what would be a better source? What did we talk about last night? Mint? Oh, wow, yeah. Fennel. Fennel. Fennel is a great breath freshener. Yeah, we definitely got to address our colon, things like that, so Jamal's on to it. But fennel's a better source. All right, so we got to look to food by God, right? So food by God is really the first place we got to start. We just watched that video. We know that food matters, so we got to start with food by God. What did God create? What did he put on the planet for us to eat, for us to get our nutrients from? And we're looking at this, antioxidants absolutely critical to the fight against cancer, right? Because a high antioxidant environment will destroy and neutralize those cancer cells. So abundance, raw fruits and vegetables, we find it in abundance. In fact, I tell people all the time that our diets should be absolute minimum, absolute minimum 51% raw, right? Raw fruits and vegetables, okay? When it goes under 50%, our immune system will start to attack itself, right? Cause all kinds of problems. Absolute minimum 51%. So if you're not there, start working toward in that direction. Okay. Ideally, in my opinion, I go for about 75, 25, right? So 75% raw, alkalizing, oxygenating, right? You can go more than that. you can do a 90, 10. Okay. A okay, 25% of more of an acidic, right? Acidic foods. So When we look at this, I mean, almost everything. You guys are going to get a a newsletter coming up this week where I'm talking about phenyl isothiocyanates, this one right here, and indole-3-carbinol that, again, is loaded in these cruciferous vegetables, right? Really powerful, really powerful at converting cancer-producing estrogen. So there's one particular type of cancer that is most often associated with damaged estrogen molecules. Who knows what that kind of cancer is? breast cancer. That's right. Absolutely. Breast cancer. Very commonly associated with that. Cruciferous vegetables. They're also high in lutein and ze- zeaxanthin, right? So actually, the newsletter you get, it's called God's Chemotherapy, right? And here you go. Cruciferous vegetables. There you go. You got like all of these major sources right here. So tomatoes high in lycopene, sea vegetables. They have uh, chlorophylls. They've got vitamin B12. They've got trace minerals. We talked about that last week, trace minerals, how key those are in the cancer fight. We've got rosemary, we talked about that. Uh, lemons and limes are extremely alkalizing, high in vitamin C, right? Garlic has uh, allium compounds, so garlic's another powerful cancer fighter. Chili peppers and jalapenos with the capsaicin, okay? So that's another powerful fighter. Um, flax, so she was saying flax, so there you go. So a good aspect of the flax is actually the lignans, right? Powerful antioxidant effects. So lignans, it's actually, a lot of people will think of the omega-3 in flax that's actually not the most important aspect of flax, though. In fact, the, the omega-3 that's in flax, is it a small chain omega-3 or a large chain? Small. small chain, right? So our body has to convert it into the large chain. Large chain is EPA and DHA. And so in order to do that, we need a lot of liver enzymes. Mm-hmm. Okay? And what we know is that anybody who's insulin resistant or has some level of insulin resistance right, is going to have trouble making that conversion. Unfortunately, most of our society has some level of insulin resistance. I mean, just looking at our society and our diet, right? So most people are going to have trouble with that, trouble making high-quality high, high quality omega-3s, the, the large-chain omega-3s, out of flax. So what's a better source of your omega-3s? Fish oil. fish oil. Fish oil, that's right. Purified, molecularly distilled fish oil, or you can do krill as well. Molecularly distilled fish oil, right, is going to be our best source. Get lots of EPA and DHA in that. Raspberries, right, or blueberries high in in anthocyanins like we talked about before. So kale has indoles. Kale has tons of different components, tons of powerful components. Avocados high in glutathione. We're going to talk more about that. But ultimately, every single thing that God put on the planet has nutrient benefits. Some are a lot more nutrient-dense than others, right? And really, the biggest thing outside of just the amount of nutrients that are in them, really the more important aspect is what is their effect on blood sugar right because hormones are the most critical thing so we can eat watermelon loaded in vitamin C right but watermelon's also high in what sugar, sugar, sugar. that's right and what feeds cancer cells sugar. sugar and what what uh when you eat sugar what hormone gets secreted in- insulin. insulin and when insulin's elevated in your body what can you not burn fat, fat. 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 that's right and when insulin's elevated in your body what type of pathway gets enhanced this is a tough question. Jamal's all over it. Inflammation, high five Jamal, nailed it. Inflammation, right? So when insulin's elevated, you also have the inflammatory pathways. So you can take a lot of watermelon, you got a lot of vitamin C, which is great. Unfortunately, right, the sugar goes up, insulin goes up. So anybody obviously battling uh, major disease, right? So uh, you know, end-stage disease, like a cancer or something like that, right? Definitely want to go ahead, avoid all the high sugar fruits, all those types of things. I always tell people, watermelon, it's 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 for one of those days, like a July 4th, where you're out playing flag football, right? So all the kids eat it, and then they go out and they play football, they're running around the house, right? Great, because it's got tons of electrolytes, right? It's, a, it's tons of water in there, really good food if you're working hard. However, The adults that are eating watermelons sitting on the patio on the recliner, right? Not good for them, okay? They're, They're building those big bellies by eating the watermelon. And so it's actually a problem then. So one of the key aspects with food by God is chlorophyll content. We talked about that last week, right? Because chlorophyll is very similar, right? The molecular structure, very similar to what in our body? Red blood cells. Red blood cells, right? The only difference is that chlorophyll contains magnesium in the middle, what do red blood cells contain in the middle? Iron. Iron. that's right. So it's an easy conversion and it really builds healthy blood when we have that chlorophyll. Okay. And also on top of that, chlorophyll and derivatives, very effective at binding carcinogenic substances. It's a key part of detoxing, having a lot of chlorophyll in our system, polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons. So this is, um, this is your atmospheric toxins. So when you're breathing in, um, all kinds of toxins from the atmosphere. That's what we get. Okay, heterocyclic amines. So that's when we're grilling foods. Okay, when we're grilling foods. Who's a friend with me on Facebook? A couple of you guys. If you were on there last week, I posted something on there because a lot of people want to fire up the grill this time of year. Right? It's nice, nice weather coming up in the summer. They want to fire up the grill. So did anybody get that? What I put on Facebook? Marinate. That's right. So absolutely. So. Um, so she said, marinate it, right? That's what we want to do. So we want to marinate it in herbs, high antioxidant herbs like turmeric and things like that, right? High antioxidant herbs, oregano, all kinds of stuff like that. That will help to minimize the damage that occurs when, we are, um, when we're actually grilling it. Yeah? Is that both
1: charcoal and
0: Yeah, both. Both, grilling in general, just cooking at that high temperature will really cause problems. All right. So we also have aflatoxins. These are known cancer causers. Molds in foods um, such as peanuts, right? Peanuts have aflatoxins. So Harriet was on the tour. Anybody else here that was on the store tour? Yeah, Vicky was on the tour, right? And so somebody, somebody came by. We were talking about different nuts, and they were like, how about cashews, right? This lady wasn't on the tour. She was all about the cashews, wasn't she? I had to break the bad news to her. Guys, I love cashews. I love them, right? But unfortunately, cashews are, are a higher mold-forming nut.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so, I mean, I love them. I'll eat them still, you know, from time to time. But they're a higher mold-forming nut, so we, we want to minimize that as much as possible, okay? And so, and when we do get it, definitely getting it organic would be better. Same thing with peanuts. You're gonna get peanuts, not the best nut, because they're really high in omega-6, right? And they can, they can be fungal toxins, we want to, if we do get it, we want to make sure we're getting it organic, not roasted, right? Um, my favorite brand, peanut butter, Marinantha Farms. Who's ever had that before? It's the best, isn't it? Right? I really can't eat it that much, though. My body has an inflammatory response. I start getting choked up in my throat a little bit. Like I start getting, uh, I have to clear my throat all the time, right? That's, if you have that, if you're eating food and you got to clear your throat a lot after eating it, typically a sign that your body had a little bit of an inflammatory response, okay? so. So good sign, good warning sign to look out for. Um, Other molecules, okay, so here's how this happens. So chlorophyll carcinogen complex, much harder for the body to absorb, so most of it's swept out in the feces. So it just kind of goes right through our system. On top of the magnesium, on top of the the fact that chlorophyll goes right into and helps build healthy blood, we also use the magnesium that's in the center. That magnesium helps provide the blockade, the barrier in our blood-brain barrier, right? So it helps protect from any toxins crossing that blood brain barrier. It's absolutely key there. Proper pH is the next thing we're going to be going into. So So we talked a lot about nutrients. We really addressed that. Remember those eight things? Kind of go through this list. Proper pH, really, really key. Okay. We need to have balanced alkaline and acid relationships. Very, very key. Okay. When we are lower than 7.365 in our blood, our bloodstream, We are acidic. When we're above that, we're alkaline. So this is where our bloodstream should be, okay? Slightly alkaline, okay? Slightly alkaline. Cancer thrives in what kind of an environment? Acidic. acidic environment, right? Low oxygen, acidic environment. So this is the acidosis cycle right here. So we eat and drink acid substances, right? Little or no exercise, poor digestion, poor bowel elimination. Those are definitely things that will cause an, an acidic environment. So, of course, acidic substances are going to cause it. When we're not exercising, what's one of the key nutrients we take in when we exercise? Oxygen. Our metabolism kicks up, and we're actually taking in more oxygen, especially when we do burst training, because then we are getting in an oxygen debt. So our body, our respiratory cycle actually increases. We're taking in more oxygen with every breath when we do that. So if you're not exercising, you know that that's, that's actually compounding the acidity in your body. Poor digestion. So when food is left in our digestive tract and starts to go rancid and decay and ferment, it releases tons and tons of acidic substances into our bloodstream. Poor bowel elimination, same thing. right? So one of the key, one of the, the, the bad things about food by man is the poor transit time. right? So we eat food by man, refined <laughs> foods, things like that. They yep. don't move through our system very quick. right? They actually get stuck and blocked up in there They start to ferment, and we have all kinds of substances that 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 are excreted through that. So this is how it happens: tissues and organs become acidic. They start to rob. So the bloodstream is so key that the tissues, the tissue cells themselves, will will they'll give up what they need to be healthy in order to make sure that the bloodstream stays at at an equal pH. So immediately we our, our respiration cycle and our kidneys start to adapt. Once, but if the acidic the acidic onslaught is continuing, then our tissues will actually start to rob major nutrients. So a major alkaline mineral is calcium, right? So calcium gets released, put into the bloodstream, right? When we're losing calcium, what disease do we think of? Osteoporosis, osteoporosis right? So when bones are excreting calcium in an acidic environment, we think osteoporosis, right? So that's, that's a key aspect, because osteoporosis, is not a calcium deficiency. That's been proven. So just taking supplemental calcium does nothing, nothing to prevent or to reduce um, osteoporosis. Absolutely nothing, right? Has nothing to do with that. In fact, what we know is taking just straight calcium will actually plaque your arteries faster. Mm-hmm. And ladies that do that, people that do that, will actually build heart disease. You need a proper rate uh, mineral ratio, magnesium-calcium ratio, not because we're trying to bring calcium, more calcium into the bones, because we're trying to alkalize the system. That's why. That's the key. So we'll also lose magnesium. That comes out of a lot of our muscles, right? Not only our blood brain barrier. So it will come out of our blood brain barrier. When it comes out of our blood brain barrier, does that make us more or less susceptible to, tox- to toxicity? More, right? So now things come right across our blood-brain barrier, start interacting with our brain, right? So Another thing that, interact, that that causes problems is when we have insulin resistance, right? So poor blood sugar balance. So Alzheimer's disease, right? Anybody know anybody with Alzheimer's, right? So very fast-growing disease, it's called a, di- it's called a diabetes of the new millennium, right? So when, when you're insulin, when your blood sugar is imbalanced, that will open up that blood-brain barrier. Now all kinds of toxins can get through, right? Do we have a lot of toxins in our system? Yes. Yeah, all of us do, right, whether we know it or not. The key is how well we're removing them. That blood-brain barrier is open, they're gonna slide right into our brain. And with Alzheimer's, they find massive damage and degeneration of the temporal lobe with aluminum plaques built up in there, right? Aluminum has an amazing affinity for that temporal lobe, right, so that's what happens. Other disorders, dementia, they'll find mercury, right? They'll find all these other major heavy metals. Another big aspect, is mineral deficiencies. They play a huge role in that too. And so when we're losing magnesium, it comes out of our arteries, comes out of our blood-brain barrier. When it comes out of our arteries, now the arteries lose their pliability, right? So they get real hard, viscous, right? And they're not they don't have that same elasticity. So now, when the blood, when the heart pumps blood, right? Now that that vessel doesn't doesn't um, expand naturally. So what's that going to do? The pressure. Increase it, right? It's arteriosclerosis, increases the pressure. Now blood pressure goes up, right? So another major thing that our body will utilize is potassium. Potassium comes right out of our muscles, okay? So you know how when you're kind of dehydrated? I know for me, if I'm dehydrated, right? I'm feeling acidic, I get real tight, you know, real tight in my muscles because it's more important to, make, to take care of the bloodstream than it is your muscles. So you lose potassium, so you start to get spastic muscles Right, they start to, to have to function anaerobically. They produce metabol- more <laughs> metabolic waste. We get problems occurring. We'll also lose sodium out of joints. Right, what does sodium carry with it? Water. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Sodium carries water. So when we're losing sodium out of joints, what else are we losing out of joints? Water. water. So what happens to the joint? Starts to decrease. Right, becomes arthritic. Get more friction in there. Right, now we start to get osteo. Um, osteoarthritis. So you guys see, when oh, we're acidic, it compounds all of those major disorders. So we look at some of these products, right? So we've got Sunny Delight. Who has ever had Sunny Delight? I have. Keep my hand up. Most of you guys haven't. A lot of you guys haven't had Sunny Delight, right? Sunny D, 2.81 pH. Remember, we want something 7.365, you know, right? We want something pretty close to neutral, okay? Okay. Snapple. Who's ever had Snapple? I got to keep my hand up. I'm guilty. I used to drink this stuff all the time. Snapple. I love this. 2.83. Gatorade. Who's ever had Gatorade, right? Gatorade's got to be healthy, right? Athletes drink that, right? Electrolytes, right? Definitely not healthy. Gatorade, not healthy at all. Not even if you're running a marathon, it's not healthy. A lot better things. If you're running a marathon, what's a better energy drink? (laughs) 9.5. Yeah, that'd be good. How about coconut water? Who said it? All right, awesome, somebody in the back there. Coconut water, that's what we want to drink. Perfect electrolyte balance, coconut water. Phenomenal, really good stuff. Red Bull, who's ever had Red Bull? Yep, probably most of us. You guys haven't had Red Bull? Come on, okay, wow, good, good. All right, 3.2, these guys in the back over here, not raising their hand, they must be like awesome, they're not drinking any of this stuff. How about, or how about Coca-Cola? Who's had that? Come on, everybody's had Coke before, right? 7-Up, used to drink this stuff all the time. Used to drink all this stuff. Bud Light, has ever had Bud Light before? Most people have Bud Light, 4.25, right? So you can see that, um, that the beer is a little bit better than the soda, right? See, it's, it's a little bit better. By the way, it's still logarithm <coughs> scale. It's a logarithm scale. So it's actually 1,000, so one point. Seven to six is actually—it's six is a hundred times more acidic than seven, right? Five is t- is a thousand times more acidic, right? It go, kind of goes to scale like that. So, okay, so Heineken, right? It's a little bit better one. Lipton's iced tea, not too good. Two point seven nine, right? That's uh, a yeah. bottom of the list right there with Coke, right? So not good right there. I used to think, and some of you guys may have been there too. I used to think when I go up to the vending machine, I was like, I'm going to get the healthiest one right? I was like 16, 17. I, I know Coke's bad for me. I'll get, I'll get the iced tea. Iced see the tea's good, right? You got an herb or something in there. Really bad, loaded with sugar, all kinds of stuff. Decaf coffee, 5.22. Everybody here has had coffee before, right? So there we go. So decaf is a little bit more alkalizing than regular. You see that? Not much, but oh, a little bit more. Processes. So urine, the best thing there is urine, right? <laughs> So it's not like I'm uh, recommending urine therapy or anything, but the reality is, hey, it's a little bit more alkalizing than all these other things. So you gives you a little more perspective on what, do you what you're doing. What do you all right, simple ways to alkalize. So these are some simple yeah, ways that we can bring more alkali- alkalinity into our system, really boost our pH. Lemons and limes, right? So you put lemon in water. Who likes lemon in their water? Ooh. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Great way to drink. Also helps your body, helps your liver detox. Provides a lot of vitamin C, helps your liver detox regularly. So it's really good. Apple cider vinegar, who likes this? Lemon. Yeah, really good stuff. You can put a little bit of that in your water, right? Or if you're a fanatic like me, just put it on everything, right? Yeah. So um, water ionizer like we have in the back, right? So there's some expensive units that you can get. Um, that will do that. pH drops, there's something that you can get. Juicing vegetables, um, which is a great way. And we'll talk a little bit about juicing vegetables. Great way to provide tons of minerals, tons of vitamins, minerals, all kinds of good stuff. Greens powders, chlorophyll supplements. So who uses like a super greens powder? Maybe takes a uh, capsule or like Juice Plus or one of those types of things, right? So these things are highly alkalizing, right? That chlorophyll in them, lots of highly alkaline minerals in there. Really help, and elements in general, that really help boost alkalinity. Essential oils are also a good thing, and aloe vera juice we're gonna talk about. So here's our daily detox, okay? So this is something, this is one of the aspects when we're addressing the detox part. This is something that everybody can do, right? Everybody can do something like this. Very simple, very easy. Give yourself a minimum of 12 hours between meals overnight. So you want four hours to digest dinner, eight hours for the liver to do a complete detox cycle. I'll tell you guys, one of the things that I've been doing—I've been doing it for years—and it kind of goes against your typical mainstream thinking. And I usually don't tell people this, but I've just noticed such amazing results through it. Other people that 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 do it—they've noticed incredible results through it. So now I actually start—I'm starting to teach it. Just briefly, it's going to kind of throw you off because of everything that you've learned in the past. But I don't eat breakfast. Everybody's like, "Oh my gosh." That was the most important meal, right? What I'll do is I will literally I'll wake up in the morning I'll drink tons and tons of water, go over to the gym, work out really really intensely, come back, drink lots of water, and I'll take I'll either drink gr- a greens shake right with just super greens powder, so it's not really any, any calories really in it, salts and stuff, or I'll take greens capsules, which I do most often because I come right over here. I just take greens capsules, drink water. So I get my antioxidants, because after I worked out, I have a lot of oxidative stress. So I've got to provide the antioxidants to provide for that oxidative stress. But what I know is this, is that when I work out in the morning, insulin is low. Insulin and growth hormone, who's heard of growth hormone? Yep. Super hormone, anti-aging hormone, that hormone is highest, right? It's, it's high, and it's, it's antagonist with insulin. So when insulin's down, growth hormone will be higher. Right, so when I don't eat and I work out really highly, a real high-intense workout, I know my body's going to have an ability to produce more growth hormone later. So I don't eat breakfast. I just take the capsules or a green shake or something like that. Stay hydrated, stay well hydrated. Make sure I've got the minerals that I need. Right, all those things, and I feel great. I feel tons of energy. I feel really good. I never, I can never eat a heavy breakfast. If I ever, you know, if I'm ever visiting somebody always eat something light, like a shake or something like that, but I like to do that, and then I'll eat lunch, right, I'll eat when I get hungry, I'll eat lunch, something like that, and I feel terrific like that, and I get a huge detox cycle, too, right, so my liver's really kicked up, it's detoxing, I feel light, energetic, and guys, I mean, you guys know, most of you guys, you know, come in here, you see me, I'm running all over the place, right, in the mornings, I mean, I'm all over the place, so it's another workout doing that, but I feel great doing it. And so with, without the food, then I eat lunch, okay? And so um, here's what you do. So that that is possible. In fact, myself along with uh, other people were working on some different things, um, and this is kind of a new theory that's coming out, really working with these hormones and the effects that that has overall on anti-aging, on detoxing, on, on building health by doing that. And I know at first I, I wasn't teaching this for years. I was doing it for years, but I wasn't teaching it because – Everybody, classic conditioning is eat breakfast, right? And I still tell people to do that, but like I said, I mean, I haven't been doing it for years, and I feel phenomenal when I do this. And so um, another way you could do it is possibly skip dinner or just do juicing vegetables for dinner. For me, it's not really an option because I'm working so hard during the day. I need that. I need that fuel at the end of the night. Um, But you could also skip dinner. You could skip a meal like that, give yourself an even longer detox cycle. It's awesome. And you do it every single day. Right? It's phenomenal. You get used to it. You get used to it and your body detoxes really effectively. Um, there's actually some research out, and I think I put this on Facebook too, that said we, we've always learned, and I've taught this for years too, that eating five or six small meals right, keeps the metabolism stoked. right. We've always learned that. New research is saying that's not necessarily true. right? That if you're eating, they said, like about the same amount of calories but the right types of foods, Right, that your metabolism will stay soaked, that you'll actually burn the same amount of calories. So, Jamal's been doing the healing diet for a long time, right? He told me one of the biggest struggles, and this is a guy you would be pouring food down before you started doing the healing diet, right? Right. What'd you say was one of the biggest struggles? Getting three meals in now is tough. Even getting three meals in. Look at this guy. He's he's an athlete, does max fit, right? Guy's getting closer and closer to getting ripped, right? And um, he has trouble even eating three meals. Because his body is such a good fat burner, right? By doing the healing diet, the advanced cellular healing diet, it's such a good fat burner that leptin, the satiety hormone, is very sensitive in his hypothalamus telling him, we're good, not hungry. Who's ever had the superfood shake, right, with coconut milk, the eggs? Don't you feel great for hours on end, right? You feel terrific. You feel satisfied. You don't need to go out and, you know, eat a couple hours later. You feel great. And so this is a really, really good thing. As long as we keep those hormones in balance, we don't need to constantly be shoving food down our face, right? And so typically, most of the time when we're hungry, it's really a deep signal that we're thirsty. We gotta address that. So then we've got some of these liver cleansing herbs right here. So we've got herbs, spices, algaes, right? So we got like dandelion, cilantro, milk thistle, ginger, turmeric. So all these powerful things that we're gonna talk about that we wanna use in our system. And first thing in the morning, Make sure you're drinking lots of water. You put in some of these herbs, squeeze some lemon in there. That just will trigger, that will trigger more detox in your body. Like I I typically will use apple cider vinegar. I'll just take like a teaspoon of that, put it in there, enhance that detox process. All right. So simple and easy to do, right? You guys can all do that 12 hours, right? Not that hard. Juicing for great health. So who here juices vegetables, right? So it's a great thing to do. Gail, were you juicing vegetables a couple months ago? No. No, you weren't. So Gail's been here about two months now, right? She's juicing vegetables. She told me today, right, you said now you can work out, right? So when you came in, you couldn't even exercise. She had a lot of, a lot of hip issues, a lot of health problems. Now she's able to work out, she's juicing, getting adjusted, following the protocol, seeing great results. you lost, you lost a good amount of weight. Brendan, how much weight have you lost? 15 pounds. 15 pounds, right? Gail, how much have you lost? Not enough. Not enough, right? <laughs> Not enough. So she says, Brandon cheats and he's still lost more. She's good, she hasn't lost enough, right? So anyways, easy to, but you should be Give him a round of applause, 15 pounds, awesome. Good job, Brandon, we're proud of you, man. All right, so less energy. Good thing about juicing is you, you, you make tons of nutrients, you need less energy required for digesting. So less energy for digestion equals more energy for healing, and that's a really key thing. So juicing vegetables, if you have chronic disease, absolute necessity that we're juicing on a regular basis, right? Constantly bringing down the juices, huge, all right? Aloe vera, so who's heard of aloe vera before? It's another powerful cancer fighter right here. So aloe vera has um, certain enzymes, aloe vera in, right? Um, that's powerful, I won't really go into detail on this, so we're kind of running out of time, but aloe vera, just use aloe vera, okay, yeah, there we go. All right, vitamin C, so who's heard of vitamin C? So most of us have heard of vitamin C. So, sugar inhibits vitamin C uptake, okay? So, vitamin C is really, really key, but sugar is an antagonist to it. So, when sugar is elevated, vitamin C, our our vitamin C levels are going to go down naturally. We're going to reduce those. So, what do we know we need to reduce if we're going to kill cancer cells? Sugar, Sugar, sugar. right? If you want to build cancer, then what do you do? Eat eat sugar, sugar, right? Absolutely. So, best kind, best way to take it. So, this is for somebody particularly chronic disease, if you already have cancer, things like that, definitely want to use liposomal, which is the best form, most absorbable. I mean, you could use other forms, that's the most absorbable. We want to get about three grams six times daily, so about 18 to 20 grams per day. Large doses, when we do large doses, it creates that oxidative redox cycle, which is when that that slide I showed you where we're giving electrons off, really, really key, and it produces hydrogen peroxide, Okay, and so hydrogen peroxide is toxic in in the cells. Fortunately, and I'm going to talk about a process, normal cells, that won't happen because they keep their major minerals that will cause this reaction. They bind them. Cancer cells don't. Cancer cells have very poor antioxidant defense systems, so they're very susceptible to high doses of, of vitamin C. Particularly, we want to have copper and iron right? So um, so cancer cells typically contain higher levels of copper and iron, and that creates a certain, certain uh, reaction. Okay? It's called a Fenton reaction, where um, we cause massive amounts of hydrogen peroxide in that cell. It's an incredible way of turning off a lot of those cancer cells, actually destroying them, and I'm going to talk more about that as we go on. Um, so let's go right here. Another key thing, and this works with synergy with the vitamin C. So to synergize the vitamin C, is alpha lipoic acid. Who's ever heard of this before? Yeah. It's a really popular supplement now. Very powerful antioxidant, in fact, more powerful than vitamin C. And when vitamin C and alpha lipoic acid are combined, it has a five-time greater effect than either one just alone. Synergy, right? The power of synergy. So we want to we want to combine that. If we want an aggressive approach, right? So an aggressive approach to go after this Will be to take 200 to 500 milligrams every four hours. So with the vitamin C, you're taking three grams of vitamin C, you're taking 200 to 500 milligrams of um, alpha-lipoic acid, and you want the R. That's the type your body is gonna respond. There's also S alpha-lipoic acid, we want the R, okay? And so copper, we're looking at this. So copper's key. So cancer cells will try to accumulate a lot of iron and a lot of copper because they provide the low level of oxidation that allows it to divide rapidly. Remember we talked about that? So they provide that oxidative stress and it becomes a growth center so it can divide rapidly. So with copper, we we want to supplement with copper for this reason, right? We want tumors to concentrate it. Then we want to hit it with the vitamin C and the alpha lipoic acid. When alpha lipoic, when those antioxidants come in there and interact with the copper, Causes this response right here, this Fenton reaction, and causes massive amounts of hydrogen peroxide. And hydrogen peroxide is what in cells? Toxic. That's right. It destroys those cells, those cancer cells. It destroys them. So that's what we want to do there. Okay. So DMG. This is another. One. I'm going to run through some of these. Okay, it's getting a little bit later. DMG. This is vitamin B15. Naturally found in apricot kernels, brown rice, pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds. This actually helps our oxygen utilization, right? An environment, because remember, cancer cells, are are they aerobic or anaerobic? Anaerobic, Anaerobic, so low oxygen. So high amount of oxygen destroys cancer cells. So what happens is when we have the right B vitamins, like B6, folic acid, B12, along with vitamin B15 here, DMG, it actually produces more oxygen which helps alkalize our system because it neutralizes lactic acid formation. Okay, causes more alkalinity. I know this is a, a lot of information. I understand that. Right, that's why we have a podcast here, by the way, podcasting this. Okay, and also on top of that, I will send out a handout. Right, so make sure that you signed up for that. One. So we got the pumpkin seeds there. Right, we got the apricot seeds. We got all those different kernels. Right, brown rice, pumpkin, sunflower seeds. Now, another one is B-17. Who got the newsletter? It was all about B-17, right, and what's going on with that. So some of the best sources of B-17 are these. Barley, bitter almonds. B-17 is typically a bitter taste to it, has a bitter taste to it. So most people really don't necessarily like the B-17 foods, but it's a powerful cancer fighter. In fact, the Hunzins, which are those pictures of those older guys that we showed in the beginning, they, amygdalin, which is uh, apricot seeds, Avocado kernels, that's a regular part of their diet, right? And I've got some right here, okay? And I'm going to pass these around. So, Chris, you want to go ahead and uh, possibly try one of those? Now, remember these, they look like almonds, but they are bitter. They've got a bitter taste to them. So, just go ahead and take one, all right, and try that out. But there are a lot of other good sources. So, B17, natural cancer fighter right there. All right. Zinc. So, zinc is another powerful thing. And I would say the three most common deficiencies that I see in our society are vitamin D, magnesium, and zinc, right? So vitamin D, magnesium, zinc. Some B vitamins like b 12 are common as well, okay? That's powerful, isn't it? That's strong. All right, so zinc, some of our best sources are pink salts, pumpkin seeds, and free-range meat. So I hope you guys are noticing a pattern there with the pumpkin seeds, right? They're a good source of B15, a moderate source of B17, and zinc. So what does that tell you about the pumpkin seeds? Eat more. Eat more, right? Eat pumpkin seeds. Absolutely want to load up on those. Really good. And zinc plays a role in over 200 enzymatic functions, absolutely necessary for your body to break down cancer cells. Selenium. I've heard of selenium before. Raise your hand. Yep, selenium. powerful mineral that has antioxidant components to it. So selenium is very, very key. Um, in fact, um, has when the people with the lowest blood levels of selenium, they're 3.8 to 5.8 times higher to of dying a risk uh, risk of dying of cancer. Right. So we definitely want to load up on our selenium. Here's our best natural sources: the good salts. Right. What's what's a good salt? Himalayan. Himalayan red Right. Those are the good salts. Wheat germ has a lot of selenium. Free-range eggs. Who eats free-range eggs? Yep, good. One of the most nutrient-dense superfoods we can put in our system. Okay, absolutely huge. Who puts them in their shakes? Some of you guys, yep, put in their shakes. I love them in the shake. You don't even taste it, right? It comes out, it's amazing. It's the best way to get it. I like, I like hard-boiled eggs. I like omelets. Sunny-side-up eggs. I eat eggs any chance I get. But a great way to get them is, is. Um, in the raw, in in your shake. Great way to get them. Brazil nuts are actually your best source of selenium. So what's the best source of selenium? Brazil Brazil nuts, right? So great nut. We definitely want to eat uh, Brazil nuts. In fact, they're far and above higher than anything else with selenium. So really good stuff to do. Glutathione. By the way, next week, just a little disclaimer, next week I will actually be making our healing cancer super shake. So if you come out, you get a chance to try that. Healing, our our cancer-fighting, cancer-destroying super shake. So we'll see what's going to be in that one, right? Um, So glutathione is our body's master antioxidant. Glutathione is one of the keys to our body's own ability to detox and destroy toxins, right? And some of our best ways of getting glutathione are going to be, there are some some vegetable sources, we'll talk about that, but some of the best foods are actually grass-fed animal products, okay, particularly, obviously grass-fed meat sources, right, and then also grass-fed whey proteins. So two kinds that I, I really like, the pro-optimal whey that um, Dr. Mercola sells, and then also FIT365 protein powder. Who takes one of those protein powders? Very powerful sources of glutathione. We've got the FIT365 over there. Um, Mercola also sells this one right here. ProOptimal whey, we'll have that in the office as well. It's a great protein. So here is your best plant sources of glutathione. Asparagus, who likes asparagus? Awesome. Broccoli, avocado, spinach, who likes those foods? Awesome, that's what we wanna be eating. A lot of good foods like that. Um, Turmeric, also walnuts are high in it. All the good fatty foods, right? All real high. Turmeric. Now we also have sulfur-containing amino acids that play a key role like with raw eggs like we were talking about garlic and onions, grass-fed meats, the Brazil nuts, selenium plays a key role in forming glutathione, so we want that as well. So all these are powerful ways of bring more antioxidants into our system, absolutely key for fighting cancer. Turmeric, I mean, turmeric, guys, I'm just gonna summarize it as, use turmeric, right? Who's, who's been to our recipe nights? Okay, some of you guys? What do I put turmeric in? Everything. Everything, so there you go, right? And how does, it t- how does it come out? Good. Comes out good, right? Surprisingly, we put it in the shake. We put it in all kinds of stuff. Comes out good. All right? So turmeric I mean, it's just po- powerful. Inhibits polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, so environmental toxins, right? The heterocyclic amines that we form when we're grilling, right? So it, it helps neutralize those. Right? It's just a powerful thing we want to use. So when you make your marinade, right, if you're grilling, what do you put in there? Turmeric, turmeric right? That's right. Put turmeric in there. So so if your spouse or your friends, if they like grilled food, you just let them know, okay, you're just going to have grilled food that has, that's orange, right? Basically, there's a pathway. So you guys all understand that, right? Okay, good. We'll just go on. All right. So holy basil. Holy basil is it's, it's really a different plant than typical basil. Well, typical basil is great, but holy basil is a slightly larger plant while high in ursolic acid, which inhibits the COX-2 inflammatory pathway. So who's sort of like Vioxx, right, Celebrex? Those, those NSAIDs, right, like Vioxx killed 160,000 people, pulled off the market for killing people. Its function was to inhibit this COX-2 pathway, right? So for arthritic patients and whatnot, that inflammatory pathway. But there are all kinds of natural foods that naturally inhibit that pathway that are also very nutrient-dense and benefiting for us, including... Holy basil, thyme, rosemary, right? These foods are great. Put them in all kinds of stuff. Rosemary, put it in all your foods, thyme, all that kind of, all that stuff. Rosemary and thyme are great, too. You can just kind of throw them in your mouth. Great breath fresheners, good little energy sources, really good stuff. Adaptogens. Who's heard of this term? I know I'm just throwing tons of stuff at you guys, but I'm just going to go with it. Adaptogens help us adapt to stress more effectively. So these are herbs. They're Indian herbs, right, that... Um, naturally help us adapt, help calm our system, balance our hormones, and adapt us to stress. So we've got a couple different ones, astragalus, um, I don't even know how to say some of these, fresh milky oat, right? So some of these different things. Um, if you go to uh, Mercola.com, if you're interested in that, anybody that's that's really having high adrenal, their adrenals are worn out, right? So just adrenals are, are rocking like crazy, fatigue on a regular basis, things like that. Not a bad idea, especially if you're already doing my essential three, taking a probiotics, the greens, right, or juice plus or something like that, and um, fish oils, and you're still feeling just in, down, low energy. Good good, way, good thing to address would be your adrenals. So you can get adaptogenic herbs. Yeah. Mercola.com. They okay, can go right on there. You could link from my website, too, over there. Um, And so then when we're looking at the colon, I know, guys, I'm just throwing tons of stuff at you, but I'm just going to run through this. We also have to clean up our colon. So there are all kinds of herbs that help with that process as well. We talked about that last week. We have to clean that colon, get things moving really well. So, look, we've got fennel seed, like we talked about already, slippery elm, ginger root. Who likes ginger? right? Ginger, powerful, anti-inflammatory, cancer fighter, superfood. So we want to make sure we're putting that in our system. Um, Senna leaves. We've got buckwheat. Buckhorn, bark, um, we've got, I mean, it's all kinds of stuff. Peppermint, psylum. I mean, you name a good herb, there's gonna be new, there's gonna be benefits to it. So we want to look for ways of putting good quality herbs into our system. Probiotics. Who uses probiotics? One of the most powerful supplements. This probiotic is absolutely incredible, really good stuff. Helps maintain the colon pH, helps detox really helps provide the, the necessity that we need for our immune system to function well, for our digestive system, for us to, to maximize the nutrients that we're getting. I mean, this is honestly, in my opinion, I was telling the tour last night, right, Harriet, um, that in my opinion out of all those, all the essential supplements a tough call, but I would take probiotics. Me, in my opinion, I would take probiotics first, right? Harder to get in our diet, um, and because you could juice vegetables, right? That's something you could do, but probiotics are harder to get, so we definitely want to take a good probiotic supplement, enzymes. So lots of raw foods. You can also anybody with with actual actually has cancer is part of my protocol, right? Using enzymes because that's going to use less energy for digestion, more energy for healing, right? So when we use less energy to digest food, we have more energy for what? Healing. healing. That's so key, it's so important to remember. So sunshine. Who got out in the sun this past weekend? Awesome, great. So you definitely want to get out in the sun. We want to be soaking that up, absorbing it as much as possible. If you're if you're white skinned, fair skinned, at least 20 to 30 minutes a day. Darker skinned, you're definitely going to need supplementation along with getting out in the sun. There's just no way you have too much blocking, too much melatonin blocking the sun. So we've got vitamin D supplements over there. I recommend, I recommend average individual takes about 10,000 international units daily. Okay, unless you're a white person, you're out in the sun all the time, or if you're dark skinned, you're out all day long in the sun, you're you're fine. But most people aren't. Okay, so make sure you're taking that supplement. Really, really key. Okay, one of the most powerful things, most well-researched things that has to do with cancer. Absolutely critical. Okay, so vitamin D. If you're getting it tested, we want our levels to be right up in this area. Whether you have cancer or not, we want to be at least 65 to 70. Okay? And really, honestly, I wouldn't worry about deficiency. I'm sorry, about toxicity. Worry about deficiency, but not toxicity. Just keep taking that stuff. Keep getting out in the sun, right? You'll be fine. If you're taking $10,000, you are not going to overdose. You'll be fine. Keep getting out in the sun. All right. Finally, so we talked about a lot of these different things. Sunshine. Right? I didn't really touch on water, but it's pretty common sense, right? We need to drink a lot of pure, clean, alkalized antioxidant-rich water, right? So without a doubt. So we know how to alkalize it, right? We, s- we squeeze a lemon in there, right? We wanted to make sure it's clean, reverse osmosis, filtered, pure filtered water. We want to make sure of that. Also, uh, I just uh, um, learned about this machine, and I got it set up. Even though we had the alkalizer in the back, uh, this water machine right here, I got it set up because it's awesome, and it's very affordable, and I recommend for people to put this in their house. And so it's... Uh, it's like less than $50 a month, and it's completely reverse osmosis. There's no plastic in there, right? Because plastic has phylates, all kinds of problems that cause, that are estrogen mimickers, xenoestrogens, that cause breast cancer and all kinds of problems. So we want to avoid the plastic. And not only is it reverse osmosis, clean everything out, but it remineralizes. Because what's the big problem with reverse osmosis water? Take some minerals, so it gets a sick. So they remineralize. Then they add antioxidants to the water. So I was like, I've been looking for a system like that for years, where I finally found it. So I was like, oh, I wanna get one set up. And the great thing is, there's no upfront fees, right, they, they tap it right into your water line. You got hot and cold water, never touches plastic. So then the whole time you just get glass bottles, right, or glass cups, so that water never goes in plastic, right? So it's never exposed to that, so it's pure, completely purified, taking all the toxins out of there. So you can just drink, you know, gallons and gallons and gallons of that stuff. You cook with it. use it for everything you possibly can, right? Very simple, very easy, very affordable. So um, I have a sheet up there. If anybody's interested, they can actually put their name on it and have those guys contact them. Um, and then finally, last but not least, well, it's actually not last, but we're going to go into one more topic after this. But ultimately, all that stuff, we can provide all the nutrients Right? But we have to take care of the house and the system God created for us to heal. Right, So we talked about those cells right, and how those cells, when they start mutating out of control, they typically have a signal that tells them to shut off. What sends that signal down from the brain down through the spinal cord and over those nerves? What does that? Central nerve system, right? The very power of life that comes out to every single cell. Okay, But if, there's, if we cut the nerve to the heart, what happens to the heart? Shuts down like that. What if we provide all kinds of nutrients, right? What if we're eat, you know, if there's a nerve block to the small intestine, but we're taking mega doses of vitamin C, right? We're taking megadoses of alpha lipoic acid. We're taking um, all the vitamin B17, B15 we can take. We're eating grass-fed meats. We're eating a perfect diet, right? But there's nerve blocked going to the small intestine. How are we going to absorb those nutrients? We can't. So you guys see the most important thing. Would everybody agree? Raise your hand if you agree. The most important thing is actually making sure that that nerve system is healthy and well. Raise your hand if you, if you think that's, a, that's the case. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got to make sure that system is healing the way that it should. And Dr. Ron Perot, this guy's a chief of cancer prevention research, this is what he said, okay? He took, did a study, 107 individuals who'd received long-term chiropractic care. And, lo- and chiropractic really ultimately, at least the, the form that we practice in here, is about glorifying this right here making sure that there's no pressure on these nerves so that God can heal your body because he's the healer, isn't he, right? So that he can heal your body so all those cells can hear and receive and respond to that message of life and healing, right? That's what it's about. That's what we do in this office. And so Ron Perot, he took all these people that were under long-term chiropractic care. He found that chiropractic patients had a 200%, so twice as strong immune system As people who weren't under care, right? And so, cancer thrives in a strong or a weak immune system? Weak weak. immune system, that's right. So what's one of the most important things to do to make sure your immune system is high? Is to do what? Get Get adjusted, right? Making sure your nerve system is healthy, that it's healing the way that it should. This is what Ron Perot, this PhD, is what he concluded. He said, chiropractic may optimize whatever genetic abilities you have so that you can fully resist serious disease, right? That's what he said right there. So when we're doing scans, a lot of you guys have had these scans done, when we see colored bars like this right here, okay, what do we know is developing in the body? Abnormal Abnormal cells, massive amounts of abnormal cells. It's only a matter of time before those abnormal cells get out of control to the point to where what grows? Cancer, Cancer, that's right. So when our body is not healing effectively, when there's deficiency in that brain-body connection, does everybody see how cancer can grow and thrive in our body? Does everybody see that? Raise your hand if you see that. Absolutely. So you guys see that. So when we when we do another scan right after a period of care and we see a nerve system that's clean and free of interference, what does that mean is healing in the body? Everything. So Priscilla said everything. The immune systems functioning better, Body's destroying cancer cells, re- uh, regulating all of those things, right? And so that's so powerful. We celebrate when we see clear scans. Because we know that the body is, is, doing, is absolutely doing incredible things, that it's being glorified and that it's healing within the body. And so when we take an x-ray, okay, if you take an x-ray and we see a good curve in the, in the spine, right, we know that the spinal cord is sending all that power. It has nice open channel right there, sending all that power, all that healing right out to every single organ in your body. However, if you lose the curve in your neck, right, who's ever taken gum before and stretched it? What happens in the center when you do that? Gets thin, right? Same thing happens to your spinal cord, right? So phase one decay, spinal cord looks like this. Out of these two people, who's gonna get cancer first? One on the right, who's gonna get heart disease first? One on the right, right? Let's say that this person right here is eating great, taking all these nutrients, doing all these things. This person's not, who's still gonna get cancer first? One on the right, because they can't detox, their body can't stop those abnormal cells from developing, right? So they're not getting that message out, so abnormal cells are developing in massive quantities. So most important part of this, right, is making sure that your nerve system is healthy, that it's sending that power, that healing out to those organs. If you've never had one of these scans done before, we open our office up. Anybody that comes in this office, I know God sent you, get you here for a reason. My job is to do everything I possibly can to help your body heal, to help it function, to help it function exactly the way God intended. One of the ways that we do that is we check your nerve system, make sure that your body is healing, make sure that it's healing cancer, healing disease. So if you'd like that appointment, Charmaine's right here. Um, She's gonna go ahead. I think we have some open days later in the week. I'm not gonna charge you for that. This is what I do. This is how I help serve this community and save lives, right? So this is what we do. So go ahead, make sure that you schedule that appointment if you haven't had that already. Okay, so finally to conclude, we got to conclude with the power of prayer. Who here believes prayer changes lives? Just about every arm up, right? Absolutely. Nobody can can deny that. How could you possibly have a healing cancer workshop without talking about can- without talking about prayer, right? And so we know. I mean, just looking at these water molecules. Look at this right here. You got a water molecule right here before offering a prayer, right? Water molecule after offering a prayer. Look at that. Just remember, we're 70% water so that that water molecule just naturally takes on a vibrant form okay this is this is the word this is thank you the word thank you look at that right this is you make me sick i'll kill you who thinks that words kill yeah absolutely the power of our tongue destroys lives doesn't it absolutely and so love and appreciation look at that right so when when we act irresponsibly or or immaturely and we're saying negative things to people look at the effect that that has it's powerful, isn't it? Right? On the flip side, when we're affirming people, when we're uplifting people, when we're bringing them up, when we're inspiring them, giving them hope, look at the effect it has. Absolutely incredible. This is a way that every single one of you guys can go out and save lives, is by going out and spread words of love and appreciation, thank yous, going out and being part of that difference, right? Being exactly the hands and feet of Christ to the community. No doubt about it. Power of prayer. Look at this right here. So, This one right here, Fujiwara dam water, okay, right here, this is after the prayer. So power of prayer. So we got inanimate cotton right here, okay? After a prayer, prayer energizes that cotton too. Looks like that's all we've got for this podcast. Join us next time for part three of Dr. David Jockers' Cancer Seminar. As always, you can visit us online at www.exodushc, as in healthcenter.com. See you next time.